You are listening to Hit Play, Not Pause, a feisty menopause podcast for active, performance-minded women. I am your host, Celine Yeager. Each week, I bring you advice from athletes, scientists, researchers, and other experts to help you feel and perform your best, no matter what your hormones are doing. This show is a production of Live Feisty Media. Hello, strong, feisty women. So before we get to it, I have a little announcement. I am going to be planning some question and answer episodes in the future where you can all send in some questions and I'll answer them on the show. I get so many direct messages that this just seemed like a natural avenue to address them and help each other out. So I have reopened the bat line where you are all able to leave messages during our 100th episode show where you can leave a voicemail with your questions. That line is at speakpipe.com slash hit play. They make it super easy to record your message on the website and then I'll get to as many of them as I can. And I will put a clickable link in the show notes so you don't have to remember that. But it is speakpipe.com slash hit play. All right. This week, I am excited to bring you my conversation with Michelle Carlson of Strength Elevated. Michelle got into powerlifting about five years ago in her mid-40s after a mountaineering accident left her shaken and shattered. And she just fell in love with getting strong and how powerful it made her feel and how it helped her heal literally and psychologically and how it helped her learn to refuel her body after years of dieting and calorie restriction that she was practicing as a runner and endurance athlete. At age 51, she is absolutely crushing it as a power lifter and just sent recently a bench press world record in her division this past November. I highly recommend following her on Instagram. Her images are super inspirational, and she shares some really poignant, powerful messages, like one on body image that I shared during our conversation in this episode. I will put a link, link to her Instagram in the show notes as well. Along with being a strength athlete herself, Michelle is a strength coach and a nutrition coach with a focus on plant-based nutrition for both athletes and the general population. You can learn more about her and her work at strengthelevated.com. Again, I'll put a link in the show notes. Before we get to it, I have a couple of announcements. One is if you are interested in learning more about lifting heavy shit and getting into lifting, we have created the Feisty Woman's Guide to Lifting Heavy Shit, where we walk you through everything you need to know about finding a gym and a lifting program that's right for you. And we even include a sample training week. And you can get that for free at feistymenopause.com slash heavy. And you know, I'll put a link to that in the show notes as well. All right. Remember to sign up for my free weekly blog, also at feistymenopause.com, where I distill all the latest research and the thinking in menopause and what it means to you. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook at feistymenopause.com. Come join our private Hit Play Not Pause Facebook group. And I have an email if you have suggestions for the show or want to give me some feedback. You can find me at hitplaynotpause at livefeisty.com. Finally, quick thanks to Inside Tracker for their continued and longtime support of this show. People sometimes ask me, like, what's special about Inside Tracker versus standard blood work? For me, honestly, it's been the recommendations. Without them, I would not have found berberine, which has been 
enormously helpful for bringing down my cholesterol levels post-menopause. So thanks, Inside Tracker, for your continued support. All right, enough of me. Let's have a few words about those awesome sponsors and get on with the show. Okay, Michelle, I am really psyched to have you on the show. Um, we have a lot of lifters in the audience, and I know that they are very happy when I have one on the show because there is a lot of endurance people that I do have on. And there are a lot of people who are just interested, especially since I talk so much about the importance of lifting. You know, there are a lot of people who are very curious and they're, they want to start and, you know, maybe they're a little intimidated by it. So I'm just always psyched when I get a strength athlete on the show. So thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to to be here to share my stuff with you. <laughs> Excellent. Well, I know you're primarily strength now, which we'll talk all about, but looking through your site, uh, you started in endurance. So I'd love to just like get a bit of your background. Yeah. So um, probably would have to say in my um, early thirties, I started running. And prior to that, I really didn't do a lot of sports at all. And I didn't do really anything in high school or college and um, maybe a little lifting at the gym. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, you know, I just, you know, it was my early thirties and I was like, I want to get in shape. I want to look good in my bathing suit. <laughs> you know, so there was that whole like physique drive going on there. So I just start, decided I was going to start running and I fell in love with running um, and started training and doing marathons at that time. I did my first marathon was sort of my first like introduction. You know, I didn't start like small. I'm like, <laughs> oh, you started with a marathon. <laughs> I started with a marathon. I'm like, I'm not, I'm going to start. I'm not going to start small. I'm just going to start training for a marathon. <laughs> so that's How did what, it go? It went, it went okay. It took me about a little over five hours, <laughs> but that's what happens when you dive in. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So then I just, you know, and I just kind of kept running after that and, and that progressed into more, more, um, uh, activities like long distance, uh, bike riding or cycling and, um, and mount and then eventually mountaineering. So mountaineering, like yeah. what, what kind of mountaineering? Uh, training to uh, climb big mountains. So lo essentially long distance hiking, but up the side of a mountain. <laughs> well, I understand that. But like, what, what, which, what were you, were you doing 14ers? What were, were you going to Everest? Like, what were you, what were you doing? Yeah, I was climbing. Um, so the mountains I were, I climbed was uh, Mount Shasta, um, Mount Hood, uh, Mount Adams. So uh, I was training to do um, those, which required a lot of training hikes, long distance training hikes to, to summit those. So eventually, you know, we progressed from running to cycling to mountaineering. And um, so that was sort of my, my endurance journey, so to speak. And in your, in your website, I saw that you had an accident in your mountaineering um, and it sounded bad like what what happened <laughs> yeah. what, what happened it was unpleasant yes <laughs> as mountaineering yeah. accidents so often are <laughs> yeah so um you know I at the time I was sort of in the middle of my my mountaineering um 
career, so to speak. And um, I had climbed uh, several mountains prior to that. I climbed um, Mount Shasta, Mount Adams, done South Sisters in Oregon. And um, so I decided I was going to um, climb Mount Hood and in Oregon. And I ended up having an accident where I fell down um, the mountain several hundred feet and and um, broke my ankles and my pelvis. Oh, my God. Were you with a team of people? Like, were you with a lot of people? It was my husband and I. Just and, the two of you. Yeah. Yeah. And we both fell during that. Oh, climb. no. Was he hurt, too? He was not so, as severely as I was, but um, he was um, he was injured as well. So, um, yeah, you know, and prior to that, you know, you know, going into that climb, you know, I had felt um, I had done a lot of training. I had climbed several mountains prior to that. So, you know, I had felt really prepared going into that. So it was, you know, having that experience was, was pretty, pretty traumatic. No doubt. Like, we don't need to do a whole show on this, but I'm just like, I'm just curious, like when, I mean, you broke both your ankles like that, like, and your pelvis. So how do you even, did you guys just have to radio for, did you get helicoptered off? Like, how did you even get out of there? Yeah. So we, um, we were very lucky that weekend because um, there was, uh, the mountain rescue team was on the mountain that weekend and they actually had saw us fall and because there's a lot of people climbing and um they because it was a beautiful day and it, it was a great day for climbing so um they were they were there and we just we were very fortunate to have a team of people who were there to help us and we did end up getting um getting uh flown off the mountain just because you know our injuries were too severe for uh, for anyone to get us down and we obviously couldn't get ourselves down so um they got us off um and then you know and then we went from there <laughs> and did a long journey of of recovering from from the injuries not just physical injuries but a lot of emotional and mental uh trauma after that so i know that you you know from your website that you got into lifting sort of through this uh this trauma that that occurred, both physical and emotional. Can you talk a little bit about how you got into lifting from that? And I'm curious, do you, did you would, did the mountaineering career stop there, or did you go back to the mountains? I did not go back to the mountains. Um, I do a lot of hiking still, but um, the risk just became too high for me. But also, too, I you know. I still, you know, even now, like I have some limitations, um, anxiety wise through even in hiking when I'm out that I have to be really mindful of when I'm out on a trail and trails I choose and things like that, just because of the, the trauma from, from that fall. And, um, so, so yeah, so no more, no more mountaineering or climbing, um, mm -hmm. per se, but I do, you know, get out on the trail still. And, and I, and I do actively push myself to, um, kind of still work through those, um, anxieties I have that still exist around, around that, um, that accident, because I love being in the outdoors. So 
it's not, it's not, not being out there isn't an option. So I'm trying to figure out, okay, five years later, how do I, how do I, you know, continue to get better there? But in terms of the lifting, you know, um, when I broke both my ankles and, um, you, that obviously required a lot of, um, <laughs> a lot of recovery time, several surgeries, and eventually, um, I was able to get to a place. So I, I didn't walk for about six months and then I had to, you know, kind of start that process over again. But after that, I, you know, we found meaning the doctors that one of my ankles was not, the bone was not healing as fast as it should. So I, you know, between, um, so learning that I was also doing physical therapy. I decided, okay, well, I'm going to like hit the gym. And cause I was in a place where I could start, you know, doing, doing pretty much everything. And I'm like, I'm going to, I'm going to start squatting, you know, because resistance training has been shown to improve, um, uh, bone growth. So I started doing that. And in that process, my bones healed and I fell in love with lifting heavy, <laughs> heavy, <laughs> heavy as I can. <laughs> yes. Reason, we'll I'm get not, to that. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not like falling down a mountain again, so to speak. <laughs> right. So, so, um, so you get into lifting and then at some point you get into like power lifting, right? Yeah. Yeah. You know, and that wasn't even on my mind. You know, I, part of that, part of the, how old were you when you got into powerlifting? I was about five years ago. So around 45 ish. Okay. Yeah. And 46. And, um, that wasn't even on my mind. You know, I, I, just was enjoying, um, lifting and, um, and then I enjoyed lifting heavy. And then my husband was like, Hey, let's go to this, let's go to this gym. It's a powerlifting gym. And, and that's sort of where, where it started. <laughs> I was like, Oh, I, I like this, you know, and everybody was kind of doing the same thing. They're like, you know, let's see, you know, let's, do our deadlifts together and how far can we, you know, push this. And then there's the process of training and, and, you know, continuing to grow and add more, more weight to the bar. And I noticed also I was getting um, stronger physically, which I really loved, you know, just sort of that empowering feeling of strength. And that was also coming back in, you know, I was coming back from a place of injury so my strength was getting a lot better. And I also had never really experienced that before because it was always in the past about, you know, just getting leaner. Right, right. <laughs> right, right, and right. <laughs> and emotionally, like it had to have been good to feel strong, right? Yes. Yeah. Because the accident had actually really shaken, shake, shook me in a way to where my confidence was just like I was pretty broken emotionally after that. Um, yeah. Uh, for a lot of reasons, you know, just, you know, what, did, what did I do wrong? You know, um, just a lot of guilt and, you know, and 
kind of having, you know, kind of having to work through, through that, the anxiety and things like that. So lifting helped me sort of get some of that confidence back that I had lost. I'm like, okay, you know, I, I'm getting stronger and it also helped release a lot of the anxiety I felt around, around what had happened and depression too. So it's hard to explain. It's hard to explain, you know, but it just, it became empowering and it's like, I didn't feel like broken and, and weak anymore um, after that. Accidents are very strange, right? Like I, I, I've not had something as traumatic as that by any means, but as a mountain bike racer, I mean, you have your, you have your things and, you know, and, and it's because it happens so fast and you're just like, you so desperately want to just take two seconds back in time. Right. Like I, I, I remember feeling that often, like it's so hard to just, you have to accept what happened and figure out like it, it it's, it's difficult. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And it, it, it just, and you know, I think it alluded to, it just creates a whole, I mean, PTSD is, it's rough, you know, so it just, it impacts like every, yeah, every, you know, every crevice of your life, you know, the emotional, the mental, you know, the physical. So, you know, coming back from that is really, a multifaceted process and so when I started lifting it just really started healing the healing in those places that um yeah I don't there wasn't a lot really much else that that could do it aside from maybe some some therapy some counseling (laughs) (laughs) so so um so yeah so I just started you know I just started doing that and going through the, pro, um, you know, just going deeper and deeper into lifting and the community and, you know, the process, the training process behind that I loved. And so it just kind of gave me a, a really great, you know, it was a great thing for me, you know, to, to heal. Can you talk a little a bit about the difference of powerlifting and Olympic weightlifting? Because I understand that those are two different things, but I don't quite understand how? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I'm not like extremely proficient in Olympic lifting. I do know it's the process of moving the barbell from the floor to an overhead position through, um, I believe the snatch and the clean and jerk. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's, I have actually never, um, trained in that. Um, and that's what is powerlifting then? Powerlifting is, it focuses on three specific lifts. So the squat bench and the deadlift. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. Mac, your maximal weight. So, yeah. So those, that would be sort of a, a very general, um, differentiation between the two. And you, you've gotten quite good at powerlifting, um, I have seen you, you set a world record for your age group um, and weight class. Yeah. You have record in the squat and overall total and bench press. So what are those? Like, what are the, what are your, what are your records? Well, my, my current, my current record, my, my, what I consider my best record is my, was my bench press that I just got in November. So for um the 60 kg weight class 50 to 54 i got 154.3 pounds so that's 
um, that's was set for the, um, for my federation. Um, yeah. And then my squat, my squat and my overalls were set, um, early on in my powerlifting career. So, and those were, um, set in the state of Oregon. And so I think my, my squat back then was 190. I've, I've definitely surpassed that now, but unfortunately haven't, haven't, um, recorded in that recently. <laughs> so, gotcha. And the overall total general is just sort of a, you know, the combination of the three. So even if you don't hold the record, you can still hold the overall total if you're, if you're high enough. That makes sense. So what does the training look like for that? I mean, those are, you know, I mean, this, I can see a squat and a deadlift, but like benching, my deadlift's way better than my bench. That's for sure. But like, you know, what is the, what is your training? Like, what does a week look like for you? So it's changed a lot in the last oh. five years. <laughs> so when I first started, when I first started training, um, you know, I think I would train like four days a week. And then I was also um, still running, <laughs> which I don't do anymore. So because they aren't necessarily if you're trying to build your strength, running isn't necessarily super compatible with that. So um um, so I, now I just, I lift three days a week and, and then I do some easier stuff, um, on other days, like some, you know, a little bit of cardio and a little bit of walking, um, just for, for health, you know, but, um, it's evolved. And a lot of that is because, um, I've gotten a little bit older and I've had to put recovery as the front rather than the training. <laughs> so they, it, the training has to, has to allow me to recover. So, so yeah, so it's, it's been definitely dialed back and, um, um, you know, the intensities in, uh, the intensity is still there. Volume, volume is down quite a bit. And so, um, so right now a typical day is, or a typical week is three days a week. And I generally will do, um, you know, main lifts, um, variations of main lifts and um, some supplemental exercises that support that. Um, so I'm in off season. So I'm not necessarily working on my competition lifts or doing those a lot. I am doing stuff that builds those. So for example, I may be this block, I'm doing a lot of squatting with the SSB bar. What is that? Squat safety bar. So, um, so like a Smith machine or no, 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 it's a bar and it has the handles down in front and you load it like a regular barbell, but it sits higher on your back. So it hits the quads and, um, more in the upper back quite a bit. Gotcha. So, um, so what that allows me to do is is work on those areas that um, will hopefully will transfer over to improve um, my competition squad. Um, so my off season is spent a lot in in working outside of of the main lifts, but in ways that will continue to help me grow. Right. And then when you talk about how you're period periodizing that, is that looking like you know, I know like the volume might be 
lower in general, but is it higher volume right now in the off season? And then are, are you lifting heavy all season long? No. Um, I, so I, my coach has me doing a lot. Um, we're working more like in trip with triples and things like that. And, um, RPE, I usually don't go, you know, higher than an eight or an 8.5. What are triples? Like uh, sets of three, like I might do, sorry, two sets of three or three triples. So for example, I might do, I might be programmed three, a set, uh, three triples on an SSB squad at RPE eight to eight to eight and a half. So, but there's not a ton of focus on going to my, my maximum in off season because it's, you know, it takes a lot of time to recover from that. So you want to spend most of your time just sort of in a phase of getting stronger and, and improving rather than, you know, trying to like hit the PR. Right. You can't, it's, you know, really tough to sustain that. So. Right. So that's um, for people. So RPA is just your rate of perceived exertion. So you're, you're about an eight out of a 10. And when you're going all in, it would be like. A 10. A 10. And that's takes that's a lot of recovery from a 10. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And that's more, you know, th- that's where you should be. You should be hitting that in competition. And, yeah. and, in my humble opinion. I mean, there's a lot of different, I think um, there's a lot of different thoughts out there on that, but um, m- you know, I, I would rather hit that number hit, go to that in competition than, than in my off season training. So, so yeah. And so I, you know, honestly, um, I just sort of leave it to my coach and, and, you know, I trust him and he, he's been doing it a long time and he knows what's, what the, what's the, we work together, but ultimately he knows really what's kind of the best, the best course for that. So so where are you in your, your hormonal journey here, as far as you're about, <laughs> yeah. like, do you know? <laughs> yeah you know um I definitely in the last five years or honestly I think I I definitely started notice noticing things in my late 30s I probably would say like just little shifts like oh that's interesting (laughs) so but um you know I feel like I'm nearing the end of sort of the the perimenopausal period um have you had a lot of symptoms not at you know I've had some but I feel fortunate that it hasn't been like I I I I know a lot of people have had worse so I, I feel fortunate that um I haven't been hit too hard I think the hardest thing for me has been um massive mood swings and that's sort of been like you know like rage for no reason <laughs> mm. <laughs> yeah we all love the rage for no reason yeah, so <laughs> i think know, i'll burn the house down <laughs> I, yeah so you know we've had very frank discussions in our house you know like this is what's going on with mom and you know sometimes you just you know there's been some apologies you know um now we have a 14 year old daughter too so there's a lot happening <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> So um, I would say that's been the most significant one for me. Um, I've experienced experienced some th- um, a little bit of hair loss, 
has been part of that. Um, and, you know, and just my skin and everything else getting a lot drier. <laughs> so, you know, it's, um, and then, you know, the big thing too is, is just I, one thing I noticed most recently was I felt like my muscle, I just felt like I didn't have the muscle definition I once had. And, you know, that's, I'm still getting strong. I mean, my strength is still going up. So I'm, I'm not, it's not necessarily a huge concern of mine. You know, it's more about, you know, getting stronger and being healthy, but it's like, it's just was sort of one of those things I was like, oh, okay, well that's, that's changing. So just, and that, so that in itself, seeing that all of a sudden shift, I'm like, okay, well, things are, are moving along more. And so, yeah, it's just been sort of interesting to sort of watch the, the, the journey. And I ended up, you know, because I had severe, I was having some severe issues with my, my cycle, my menstrual cycle. So I ended up getting an IUD to sort of help blunt things a little bit. Um, but it still has allowed me to sort of be able to monitor things, which has been helpful because other, I was getting a little, a little crazy. Yeah, no, that, that, that makes, that, that makes sense. And that's a good course of action for a lot of women. And I'll just say, I so relate to that muscle tone thing, like that bum. I mean, I'll just say, I just bummed me out. Like, cause I've always been, you know, very muscular and it was just part of like who I was, you know, in this identity and it. And I still am strong as well. And, you know, I've come to a place of most explicitly acceptance. But yeah, I I did not love that. And that was towards the end, too. And it seemed to happen like literally overnight. Like I was just like, who is that in the mirror? Yeah, I, I was like, I used to have biceps. Yeah, and no, I know. I had like people would comment in the airport on my shoulders. Like I like it was just the way it was. And I'm just like, OK, like that's different. I don't love it. But, you know, like here we are. Yeah. You know, and I, I'd like to say I, I, I go through it all gracefully, but there's days I don't, you know, there's, course. There's, <laughs> there's days where I'm just like, oh, you know, it's hard. It's, you know, not, you know, but you know, you have to accept, I mean, it's going to come whether you like it or not. So <laughs> at least. That's yeah. Just- and we're all, I mean, that's the, at some point, like, sometimes I think that this is, it's a, it's a, <laughs> It's hard to put into words sometimes how I think about it. Like this dress rehearsal for aging almost like sort of getting you like, like, okay, like aging is going to happen, you know, and I hope to get to be into my 80s. Right. But then there has to be this sort of a level of acceptance that shit's going to change, you know, and and you need to be okay with that. Yeah. Yeah. And, and for me, I'm like, okay. And like, yeah, just what you said. And also getting to choose how I go through it. And, you know, so I want to go through it healthy and, and continuing to, to nail stuff as well as I can, you know, the things I love to do and, and just, you know, be the best I can during that time. So, I mean, and that's sort of kind of, that's what helps sort of keep me, keep me sane a little bit. And I think that's just been one of the other gifts of lifting for me is that, it's sort of, it's helped me, you know, stay strong and, and it's helped with my, my mental state and, and navigating through this process and, 
Um, and I, you know, and help keeping me feel better, keeping me feel good, excuse me, through, through it. For decades, running shoes have been researched, tested, and designed for men. Brands have relied on the shrink it and pink it approach to sell male shoes to female customers. That's why we are stoked to be working with Hedda's. Hedda's designs athletic footwear for women that elevates performance, safety, and style. Hedda's has unlocked the science behind women's biomechanics through dedicated research and creates better shoes for women's performance. Some of Hedda's special features include a lower ankle collar to reduce rubbing on women's ankle bones, a breathable mesh toe box to allow for ventilation and accommodate female toe shape, a more narrow and reductive heel cup to reduce heel slippage and take pressure off the Achilles, a rounded instep that creates a snug fit through the middle to match the curvature of a woman's foot and supercritical foam and a PBEX plate in the midsole to keep our legs going when the going gets tough. Hedda's has three shoe models designed for different sessions, the Alma Cruise for your long runs, the Alma Tempo for training days, and the Alma Speed for pushing the pace. I've been running in the Alma Tempos and they are a pleasure to train in. You can get your own pair of Hedda's at Hedda's.com and use the code FEISTY20, that's all caps, FEISTY20, for 20% off. Check it out today. We'll put a clickable link in the show notes to make it a snap. Good sleep. The one thing that sets you up for a great workout and a good day is quality sleep. We talk about it all the time here on the show, which is why I'm stoked to have Lagoon Sleep as a new sponsor. Because one of the most overlooked tools in a great sleep toolbox is the thing you literally rest your head on eight hours a night, your pillow. A quality pillow is everything. Otherwise, you end up tossing, turning, punching, and folding your pillow, waking up with neck pain, and all the stuff that happens when your pillow doesn't meet your personal comfort needs. Say hello to the most comfortable sleep you've ever had with Lagoon. They start you out with a two-minute personalized pillow quiz and then pair you with your perfect pillow. I got the Otter, a cooling adjustable pillow that is perfect for side sleepers who run warm at night like I do. It is a dream. It's fully adjustable, so I was able to get the perfect loft and support, and the cooling feature is everything. As someone who turned into a furnace every evening before menopause, I appreciate that the Otter is stuffed, with shredded gel-infused memory foam, which instead of trapping heat from my neck and head, draws it away and dissipates it. It's truly delightful. I'm a good sleeper, and Otter's taken it to the next level with both support and cooling. Put my head down, good night, Irene. My aura ring confirms what little tossing and turning I was doing is gone. The beauty of the pillow quiz is you can get the perfect pillow that you need to and make your sleep the best sleep you can have. Go to lagoonsleep.com slash hit play and take the two minute quiz to find your perfect match and then use the code hit play all caps one word for 15% off your first purchase. Sweet dreams. Musculoskeletal health is everything during menopause. Everyone knows how much I love Joint Health Plus from Prevenex, which has helped me get back to distance running after arthritic toes stopped me in my tracks. Now they have a product that has become my go-to for muscle strength and recovery, Muscle Health Plus. Muscle Health Plus contains all the key ingredients we talk about on this show, like creatine monohydrate, essential amino acids, and branched-chain amino acids, Plus, even more cutting-edge ingredients like HMB and estrogen that are scientifically shown to increase muscle growth, recovery, and strength. 
I use it every day during my early morning lifting sessions, and there's no question that it helps my power during those workouts and my recovery after. Plus, I love having everything I need from the best high-quality ingredients in one reasonably priced shake. I've also heard from fellow users who have had bloating or GI upset in the past from creatine that haven't had any of that with Muscle Health Plus. I make my shake with almond milk and espresso, but it's also good with ice cold water, which makes the flavor really pop. As always, you can get 15% off your first order with the code HIPPLAY, all caps, one word, at Previnex.com. That's HIPPLAY, all caps, one word, at Previnex.com. Do your muscles a favor and head on over and get some today. Well, I, I was going to bring this up later, but we're now that we're talking about it, I think it's I think it, it dovetails into into this part of the conversation so well. One of the posts I saw on your Instagram, I just really loved because oh. it sort of addressed all this. And it said, you know, I spent a lot of years so impacted by how society told me my body should look. I spent a ridiculous number of years chasing a number on a scale, living in a chronic state of energy deficiency and tried to run away from my body type. Uh, the deeper my mental struggle, the harder I ran and the less I ate. We can, a lot of us relate to that. I no longer live in that prison, self-acceptance, focusing on healthy and being strong. Whatever the weight, uh, rather than the number on scale has helped say F you to the industry <laughs> and lifting heavy shit was the birthplace of these gifts. I am thankful every day for the peace and confidence it has brought my life. This is 51. And I love that. I, I mean, I just really... That that is that's a really great post because a lot of us relate to that. So much. Thanks so much. Yeah. 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 So, but like let's go into a little bit more on your recovery practices and the fact that you're a 12-year vegan, you know, and I think that that is interesting too. So do you do before we get to the nutrition piece, are there any special recovery things that you do? Because that kind of like muscle damage that you do during that kind of lifting, I mean, definitely takes some care to come back stronger from yeah well i i don't do anything special other than what everyone you know other than whatever what we should be doing you know sleeping, sleeping is huge i will say it is my number one recovery um and you sleep well i sleep well and Good. that's one thing i i've been really like fortunate about and i will say my sleep improved when um i got my carbohydrates to the right spot <laughs> talk a little bit more about that so um i i firmly believe i wasn't eating enough carbohydrates so um were you macro counting or were you just winging it a bit no i was um but i and but then i started working with my nutrition coach and we decided to start increasing you know just you know for for um getting stronger um but also just kind of getting getting my calories up higher so we and we started increasing my um my carbohydrates and in doing that i noticed that my sleep just overnight i just started sleeping 8 9 hours i stopped waking up in the middle of the night i stopped you know everything like changed with my sleeping when i started eating and eating enough carbohydrates so um yeah it's just been amazing that's what's worked for me and um but it before, drives your cortisol down like you're yeah. probably yeah and i i 
work, I eat a lot more of my carbohydrates towards the end of the day. Um, and I think that for me, that's been helpful. I mean, I eat quite a few around training. Um, we have me, you know, eating, you know, a lot of, uh, carbohydrates before training and after, but then, you know, uh, those that are left a lot of times we'll just have the majority of them. I'll just have the majority of them toward in the evening. And that's been super helpful for me. That's what's worked for me and helping me with my sleep, you know, and also kind of managing my, my water and stuff like that, because I, you know, as I got older, you know, I can't necessarily have as much liquid <laughs> later in the day. So I think those two things have been very helpful for me, like in terms of being able to sleep better. Do you have a sense of how many carbohydrates you, you are eating? Yeah. Yeah. So like on my training days, I eat, I I eat around 325 carbohydrates. Grams. Yeah. Yeah. 325 grams of carbohydrates. I eat a a bit less on, um, on non-training days. So I do, I do, I have rest day and training day macros just because I think that's what works better for me. Um, some people want to have the same across the board, but, um, yeah, so I will eat that much. So my calories, um, on training days, I'm eating about 2,500 calories on training days and close to 2000 on non-training days. So for me, that's, you know, and from my years of endurance, <laughs> you know, and early on in my training, uh, in my powerlifting career that, I mean, that's a huge calorie recovery for me and it's taken a lot of time to kind of get to that place of what I call calorie recovery <laughs> because I, I know like early on and for years I wasn't eating enough food. So, um, and I would probably argue that, you know, a lot of, a lot of people aren't eating enough food. <laughs> to- you are, you are correct in that. <laughs> So. That argument. That's why I asked. And I'm so glad to hear you say that because 300, you know, if you go 300 times four, that's what 1200, you know, that like, that's, that's, that's some, that's the amount of calories that some women only allow themselves in a day, you know? And I think it's just so important because that's, that's so stressful on your body and you talking about sleep. I just, I, I love that you shared that because it, it's so important and we're fighting against decades of diet culture and decades of messages that tell us that we're not supposed to eat any more than that. Right. Right. And I was just adamant, you know, like, uh, you know, going into this off season. Um, so I, I dropped away class for my last meet, um, to hit my record and, um, but then going into off season, you know, I was adamant. I'm like, okay. I mean, we'd already gotten my my calories up quite a bit for, for that. But I was like going into this next off season, I really want to push that and see, you know, what, what I can do with that because, you know, ultimately, you know, when you're training like that, you need, you need to fuel yourself, yourself in a way that supports that. And 1600 calories a day, isn't going to do, do that again, in my, in my opinion, <laughs> you are, yeah, there's good science to back you up on that. <laughs> or even 1800. I don't know. You know. And I just honestly, like when I, 
when I see women only eating that much food, you know, it just, it just hurts my heart. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, me too. I mean, there's some days like my child, I'm like, there's some days I burn 3000 calories a day or, or four or five. Like the, if I'm on my bike for that long, you know, or, and lifting and I think people just, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm glad this is all great to hear because it, it just, the more people hear it, I think the more of them, they might be like, okay, like if I sleep better, I'll try this thing, you know? Like, yeah. 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 And I'll say it's a process, you know, really of kind of rebuilding, rebuilding those calories, you know, especially when you've been sitting in a deficit, you know, um, for so long and, you know, just kind of, you know, having to slowly increase, you know, your calories over time and just, you know, either yourself or, or with a coach to get yourself in a place where you're fueling your body well enough for what you're doing and, um, you know, not putting to, you know, a bunch of stress in it. It's just, you know, it's a process, but it, I mean, it can be done. Absolutely. You know, you know, all the other things being healthy, you know, inside the body. So just sometimes it can just take time to reverse out of that. That's yeah. Yeah. And, and as a, as a vegan, you know, I have to ask you about protein because everyone, even though I know that you can do it, everyone asks about protein and also about calories, because I mean, I know when I, I eat, I am not a vegan or a vegetarian. I was a vegetarian for a while. Um, I am not now, but like when you eat that many plants, sometimes you can fall into this place where you're eating like a lot of food, you know, and a lot of fiber and stuff, but actually not a lot of calories, you know, because you're eating stuff that's very dense, but it doesn't have a whole lot of energy to it. And I, I, I found myself slipping into some of those places kind of by accident. Like I'm like so full, but I'm like, that's because you've had all that fiber and it's, you know, mm -hmm. so I had to like eat more beans and, you know, it was sort of a process of trying to figure out like how to get more cal like energy dense foods in there too. So I'm curious, like what your diet looks like to fulfill these needs. Yeah. So I am a huge believer in, um, including low, low carbohydrate, higher protein, um, option plant or vegan options in a diet. So I tend to fall in that place of um, not just beans and veggies, but we also need tofu. We also need tempeh. We need edamame. Satan is a good option um, because those are lower carbohydrate, higher protein options. And they also have a better um, essential amino profile than just plants and beans. Yeah. And so it, I think it's, it's more optimal, you know, just for health, but also if you're trying to strength train or become a, you know, and powerlifting gets stronger and, um, build and keep lean muscle tissue that you need, that it's important to include those things as well. So my diet always includes those like every day I am eating tofu, I'm eating tempeh, I'm eating, Satan, I'm, you know, I have, I eat beans, I eat lots of veggies. Um, I also include a lot of um, like healthy fats in my diet every day. Like I'm eating a lot of, a lot of avocado nuts and seeds. And um, uh, I also eat a lot of sweet potatoes, like yams, quinoa, oats, you know, brown rice. 
I mean, I'll ha- I'll I'll eat white rice too, but I try and keep the brown rice in there just because it and oats because I tend to um, they tend to fill me up a little bit more. But uh, for me, it's it's also and with along with what I just said, but the day having a huge variety, especially in my diet. So I'm pulling stuff in from all different places. And um, yeah, so, and I think that's, it's especially important if you're going to be vegan, you know, or a predominant base. I, I do use a little bit of protein powder. Um, I was just going to ask that. I limit it though. Like some days I won't use it. Um, I, I can get, I can get my, um, my macros, my protein macro just fine without it. But sometimes it's just convenient. Like I'll throw it in my oatmeal and I'll, and I'll do a little um, BCAA boost in it oftentimes. So I do a custom, a custom blend that I have made. So where? a true nutrition. Mm. So they do, um, you can do custom blends with them and they do, plant-based or they have a vegan line and then they also do like um, non-vegan. So they have whey proteins and things like that, but it's really nice because you can customize your, your um, ingredients in it. So I'll do like, I do 50% um, rice and 50% pea. Oh, cool. On mine. And then I do, I'll add some um, boost to it just, uh, you know, so it's not just, you know, the, the pea and the uh, rice. So, and that, you know, I'll just, I'll, I'll add it like to my, again, to my um, oats in the morning sometimes if I want to do that, but I, I try and limit that as well. And then um, the meat, the meat analogs or the veggie meats, I don't, I'll limit that. I mean, I don't not eat them, but I, they aren't a main part of my diet. They're like, okay, well, I want to add some impossible burger to my red sauce. You right. Know? So, um, cause nutritionally they're, they're not super, super great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's a lot of, a lot of oils sodium, and a lot of fat. Sodium. Yeah. So, so that's, you know, that's sort of how I, how I manage it. And I, you know, it, I, I've been doing it for so long. I've sort of been through that, the process for so long that, you know, it's definitely evolved over time, but it's become sort of second nature in terms of putting things together and what works for me and, um, what sort of keeps me, keeps me going and keeps me recovering. Mm-hmm. So, but I think it, that it becomes harder if, you know, to get what you need if you're not eating enough. Yes. Yeah, no, that makes that makes perfect sense. So what what advice would you give to anyone in the audience who does want to start lifting and maybe lifting heavy, but they're they're like intimidated by it? Maybe they think they're too old or, you know, their joints won't take it or they're afraid of hurting themselves. You know, all the like there's it, you hear that less, but it's still out there. Um, I would say you're not too old. You're never too old, but also, you know, just start easy. I mean, it doesn't have to be like all or nothing right out of the gate, you know? And, and if you're not sure what to do, like, you know, so first do it second, um, you know, have realistic expectations, start easy, you know? And then if, 
you need to get somebody who knows what they're doing and that can help you in that process, especially if you're not sure how, you know, how to navigate, you know, handling a barbell or don't understand or know about form on the lifts because it can be easy to get hurt if you don't um, have any background or knowledge in that. So, um, you know, just, and just, you know, get out there and try it. Yeah. It's, it's, it's definitely, I think it's definitely worth it. It's definitely worth working with somebody and getting, I think there's something unique about barbells particularly that. Yeah. And I think that's what happened to me out, out of my accent. It just sort of, I just, like you said, there's something unique about it. And I think, especially for women, it could, they, you know, handling one and moving one can be very empowering, empowering. <laughs> and um, yeah, and just not to mention, you know, no matter what age you are, or what level you're at, just the health and benefits that can come with that, you know, along with a, you know, a, a decent diet, you know, whether or not you're an athlete or wanting to be an athlete, but just somebody who just wants to feel better and get stronger. And, you know, you can, I think definitely get some from that. All right. That's our show. Come on back next week when I sit down with Dr. Narina Ramlikan author of Finding Inner Safety, The Key to Healing, Thriving, and Overcoming Inner Burnout. We go deep into trauma and stress and menopause and finding not only inner safety, but peace and yes, even joy. So come on back for that one. And until then, as always, stay feisty. You've been listening to Hit Play, Not Pause, a feisty menopause podcast for active, performance-minded women. I'm your host, Celine Yeager. The show is edited and produced by the strong, talented, and amazing women at Live Feisty Media. Follow us on social media at Feisty Menopause, and please help us spread the word. Screenshot and share this episode on your social media channels with the tag at Feisty Menopause. Share the show with your friends, And please subscribe, like, review, and rate this show wherever you get your podcasts. Word of mouth and good reviews make it easier for other listeners to find. Thanks for listening, and as always, stay feisty. As a lifelong runner and cyclist, I am stoked to announce that Tifosi Optics has come on as a podcast sponsor. The beauty of Tifosi sports glasses is that they hit all the marks. They are shatterproof polycarbonate, so the lenses not only reduce glare, but also offer scratch resistance and complete eye protection. They stay put. They have little hydrophilic rubber nose pads that actually get more grippy the more you sweat, so they stay secure and don't slide down your face even when you're running in sauna-like conditions. No matter what sport you do, they have a shade for your activity, including tennis, fishing, pickleball, running, cycling, and just hanging out at the beach. And they are super reasonably well-priced, which is very hard to find in a sea of overpriced eyewear. And they just look freaking rad. So head on over to tifosioptics.com and use the code FM, capital F, and capital M, like Feisty Menopause, number 20, FM20, to get 20% off your order today. 
I'll put a clickable link in the show notes to make it a snap.